Everyone who was in Mexico, get ready. In a few minutes, you're going to have a chance to say something about the trip. But I'll start with something you know, short but engineering. Like, I don't want to use that. There are some words that you don't use lightly, but I really feel like that was um, a, a historical trip. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't anything supernatural that happened um, that we've seen, except like riding on on a on one bolt on a wheel. Um, but in the spirit, I think there is there is something that has changed this time. Something has changed in us. I think something has changed in 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 the churches there, and I really think that there's something going on. There's something going on in Navajoa. I think there's something going on in Bothell. I think there's something going on inside the hearts of the people that, that are really seeking God, that really want to know God, really want to see God. And, and I think that God is going to be answering those prayer, God, prayers. God is going to be given the portion that he's going to be pouring out from the Spirit to those people that are looking. I really, really believe that, and I'm, I'm starting to see that as well. But, um, so for Mexico testimonies, I see a, a line forming. Uh, so who's going to be the first? Anyone. I'm going to start volunteering people. Three, two, Masha wants to go. She, she, she has not been there, but she wants to go. Um, so anyway. Who wants to say something? Oh, Angelica, come on up here. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. Everyone else should be ashamed because Angelica just like put everyone to shame right now. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Check. So before I'm going to... Before I'm going to share my experience there... I just wanted to say, like, how I came to coming because it was honestly kind of random and it seemed very out of the ordinary that I was able to come. And I told a lot of people this, but if you asked me at the beginning of this year that I would be going on a mission trip, I would have never believed you. And I think this decision came to me when I was baptized this year because for some reason I just had more of a longing to do more for God and I don't know to start I don't know how to say it but to just do more for God and do what he wants me to do and then I talked to Alina at youth camp I just out of the blue I had a question for her I'm like how is Mexico you go all these times and from what she was saying it made me really interested and and it sounded like something that was interesting. And then at Vadim's house, when he had, um, it was, I don't know, we all gathered there, and I started talking to a lot of the people from Mexico, and I just had a really good time. And then somehow, Dima, he actually told me, he's like, Angelica, when are you going to Mexico? 
And I thought that was something so random, but it was something that was in my mind. And I found it so crazy that he somehow knew that I had this desire. And then he kept pushing me because I was like, um, I don't know if I can go. I have school. This is my first time I'm doing running start. But he kept telling me, he's like, Angelica, 50%. And I'm like, mm, sure. And then he's like, okay, you have to make it higher, though. So he kept raising the percentage of me wanting to, of me going. And somehow a lot of different factors started coming in. Some Mexican guy told him that I like beans. And he's like, okay, that means you have to make it 70%. And all these just somehow then he like kept raising it and I think he got it to 90% 90% and he told me he's like okay Angelica you have to promise me 90% and so he took out his hand and I was so worried because that I've I never would have thought I would go on a mission trip so I'm like um I'm not promising you anything but I'll shake on it to make it you happy (laughs) so that's what I did and Honestly, I wasn't sure if I was going, even though I told him 90%. I really did not know if I was going to be able to go. And what I did is I emailed all my teachers and tried talking to them. And most of them were okay, except for one. He's like, okay, this is a very serious issue. I don't know if he'll be able to do this. But when I came to talk to him, afterwards he's like, oh, yeah, sure, you can go. I usually say no, but to you, I'm going to say yes. And I just thought that was so amazing how things started working out. And then I had a couple other issues. It was just not a good time for me because I'm actually about to move. So I thought I had to pack everything right before I left. And then another issue was that my parents weren't very supportive of it. They were worried that I just wouldn't, I don't know, something would happen to me. They're very protective over me, so it was hard to be able to convince them. But I had this really long conversation, and somehow everything worked out, and I'm really glad it did because I had such an amazing time in Mexico. Every day I was telling the girls in my room, I'm like, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, because it was just so many good things that happened there, and you truly feel God's presence there in such a natural way. There, Things aren't superficial there. It is, like I said, very natural. And it's so amazing to see so much joy in so many people. And I even did things that I didn't think I was going to do. I ended up playing the piano for a worship and also for a prayer. And I usually am scared to even do it at kids' church. So to be able to do it in a different country was really cool. And I didn't, I honestly, out of all the people, I feel like I didn't do that much. (laughs) But I'm still so glad I went because I feel like it touched me and changed me in ways. And if somehow I was able to touch other people there and talk to other people with my broken Spanish there, then that's amazing and... I'm very glad I went, and I hope to be able to go again. Awesome. Thank you. So, who's next? Alex? Go up front here. Where's Noah Ksusha? 
Ele é Dennis. Aí, ó. I was, you know, giving other people a chance. I guess nobody wants to do it, so. Um, it was, uh, you know, it's like, it's interesting because people are always like, yeah, hey, you're going to Mexico? It's, is it dangerous over there? Are you going to drive there? Are you kidding me? Like, you can't do that. That's, that's, not, that's not safe. You know, I'm like, man, Everett is more dangerous than Mexico, okay? <laughs> Honestly. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's such a blessing to go. And I feel like every single time that I come back from Mexico, um, I feel like there's always, God, God is always stirring me up after I come back. And it's like you serve there, but when I come back, I'm always like, man, I'm just more hungry for God than when I went. Um, and it's like, I don't know, when you go to do God's work, it's like God always blesses you um, with work and, and, and uh, you know, spiritually God always puts more hunger for him inside of you. So it's something, it's amazing when you go. Uh, I, I got to tell the story before anybody else does about the, the tire uh, so we're driving, and we hear, if you guys didn't hear this story, we're driving, and we hear this, this kind of on, 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 you know, on the, the side of the car, and we're like, man, that's, uh, that's kind of strange, you know. It, it kind of shook before from, like, 60 to 65, right? Our bus would always shake, and when you drive around that speed, it always shakes. It's a good bus to test your faith, you know, so it's a good, good thing we have that, that, that thing, you know, it's, it's faithful, you know, it, it gives us, um, you know, a test every single time, but it's good. And uh, so we pull over, and we're going, like, what, 75, 80, 80 miles an hour, 80? We're going 80 miles an hour, and we pull over, and we see the tire is, like, sideways. You know, and it's, it's dualies, so there's one tire that's standing straight. The other tire is, is sideways, and we look, and it's got, you know, the, it's got the eight studs and the eight lug nuts that hold the tire to the, to the rest of the car. And only one is still there. The seven other uh, studs and the seven lug nuts are gone. They're snapped off. Uh, so, you know, who knows what would have happened if that last one didn't snap off or if that last one snapped. But praise God it didn't. And uh, God protected us. He led us to a, a, a guy, a mechanic who, or not mechanic, like a Ford specialist, fixed it up real quick. Uh, just a miracle. It was much cheaper than we thought it would be. It was just an all-around miracle. And we're like, thank you, Lord. Uh, but it always happens on the way back. Every single time we drive back, something always happens, whether it's inside the engine, on the outside of the car, something always happens. But it's got to be the devil. I don't know. I don't know if the devil gets in there and breaks lug nuts and stuff. It might just be a you know a good, uh, the car might not be that great, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but I, I want to share just a quick testimony of what happened there. Uh, we were... Uh, the first church that we went to is very interesting. Ramil was preaching, and we, we were uh, at the end. He called up people to the front who needed prayer, and one of the one of the uh, older guy, well, maybe not older, but like forty five, fifty somewhere around there, he came up to the front and he was kneeling, and me and Nervina we were coming up to people and praying for them together, and we come up and we prayed for him and his wife, and we're praying for them, and I'm praying for the guy, and she's praying for for, for the for the wife. And he kind of starts moving back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, man, maybe, you know, God is touching him. And I am keep praying for him. And then you kind of realize he's, he's, it's not God. This is something else. And he, kind of, he really keeps, starts going back and forth. And he's like on the floor. And he is just going back and forth. And I'm like, man, this, this doesn't seem right. This seems like, you know, maybe this is the devil kind of trying to control him or something. And we start praying for him. And I'm praying for, Ramid comes up. And we start praying, praying for him together. And then, uh... And he kind of gets up and he like starts talking about his bracelet and, and he's got like a bracelet, a ring, and a necklace. 
And then we talked to him afterward, and it says, good luck charms. And he says he used to be a minister. He used to be invited to go to other churches and preach. And he got into black magic. Or not black magic, but what? Uh, do you remember what he got into? Some kind, of, some kind of magic. Good luck charms and all this stuff. He started looking. I don't know why he did that. But uh, anyway, long story short, he, it affected him. He started getting tempted like crazy. Uh, just God left him. And because he started wearing these good luck charms. And we just realized how the devil is really, you know, he deceives people. Christians, ministers, people that were serving God are deceived by some good luck charm. And, and praise God, he was freed. And we told him to take off those, those things. And we, uh, who took it? Did Ronnie? Ronnie, take, Ronnie went with us. He's a guy from the Mexican church. Uh, he went with us and he like grabbed it or he took it from him and he threw it in the garbage. So praise God, somebody, and we just, we saw a lot of people just get freed uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's just awesome to see God moving there. Amen. I don't know if you guys know Ronnie, but it was, um, it was interesting. You, you take the guy to go pray for somebody, and you say, like, tell him this and this and this, like two sentences, and then he's talking for like 15 minutes to, you know, in Spanish, and you're like... Okay, well, that's not exactly what I said. <laughs> you know, it's like I think one one of the best interpreters I've ever had. It's like he he translates, and then in the spirit he adds whatever he has. It's just like I was like, okay, go ahead. But it was interesting about about that guy. He also said that he felt he felt like something broke, like that bondage broke during that prayer. But then he was like, he wasn't sure why to throw away those uh, you know those things and. We, you know, we explained and talked to him, and he was willing to to give it up. But he was like, he said that he was feeling like he was freed. But he said, you got to get rid of that. And he said that you know he had books at home and stuff like that that he's going to throw away as well. And that was like that was a big big thing. And that you know that prayer also was very memorable as well. Uh, another thing, I mean, I didn't want to talk about the wheel, but you know, since we started, uh, another funny thing was that. I was we were when we were driving. I was sitting like kind of laying in the uh, in the in my seat and leaning against the window, and I'm like, my my teeth are just like, you know, like the whole thing and just like shaking. I was like, like I don't remember that happening before. And it's like you know, I, it always shakes, right? So there's something shaking, so that's normal. So you have to like figure out what's the normal shaking from this, you know, additional shaking and. Um, it's like I was like I, was, I turned to Andre. I was like, Andre, is that okay? Like my teeth are like, <laughs> I can feel my teeth hitting each other. You know, it's like, is that normal? He goes, I didn't think that that was happening before. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, go, he goes, yeah. My hand is shaking too. <laughs> I was like, like that's something interesting. That was. I remember the moment. We're driving, and we're like, should we pull over and check, or, or is that okay? Or should, and somebody goes, yeah, yeah, uh, let's just pull over. Let's just, let's just go and check. And then we pull over at the gas station. We stop. I come out from the bus on the right side, and I hear and Debo was driving, so he comes out on the left, and I hear Debo go like, oy, oy, oy. <laughs> like, okay, that's got to be serious. Uh, but we got stuck. On the border of California and Arizona, four hours away from everything, 90 miles. Really, nothing should have been there. We call up different like dealership, dealership. For, there was a Ford dealership, but it was closed. Uh, it doesn't work on Saturdays, you know. Um, not popular there, I guess. 
And then this guy just shows up, can't find those pieces anywhere, and then he calls multiple five or six, five or six places, and then he goes, oh, AutoZone has eight of them, and we needed eight. And he just went and got it from there. And the guy was like, hey, Dennis, you were talking to him? Or somebody, I can't remember who called him. And Andre? So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> just talking to this guy, and he's like, Oh, I can actually see you from my shop. You know, you're very like you're on the street. So I'm. I'll just. I don't have much job, my, much work, and I'm gonna stop by and uh, and check it out. And then after we got the bus to him, he got like two or three more cars that came right after. Uh, but he was already working on ours. So all we lost is a quick stop that we were planning to do in LA, and and that's it. I mean, we really did not lose anything except uh you know any reliance on ourselves uh we definitely lost that <laughs> so when you're when you have a single lock start uh lo holding your whole wheel and you're going 80 miles an hour and you stop just at the right time you realize that i don't know to me it was like god was saying guys i'm really watching over you i'm really taking care of you um you know I never had wheels fall off a car, um, especially a car like that, 1999. I don't know what they would decide to do, um, but just, just, just amazing how God still is in control. He's taking care of everything, man. Okay, so who's next? Noah. Noah is going to be next. Hola, compadres. That's what I learned in uh, Mexico. Um, this was uh, an incredible trip. Um, we, uh, the place where we parked our van in, in, the, in the main church that we went to, the place where our van was parked used to be the sanctuary that we had service at. And now it's the, you know, our personal parking spot for our van. They have like a, like a gazebo or owing, whatever you want to call it, just, you know, like perfect there for, for, for our van. And in uh, the first times when we were going to the trip, we were actually parking where now the church is. So it's kind of, we, we switched places. But there's a whole building now, you know, a few times ago we went, you know, we saw the foundation. Then last time they went, there were walls. And now we come in there and there's a ceiling. It's a full ceiling. It's, it's, it's a real church. It's long. It's, it's not as narrow as ours maybe, but it's, it's, it's fairly long. And it's just, it's amazing to see what, what God can do in in four and a half years because so they started this church in in uh, 2014 three months before we, we we came there on our first trip so it's amazing how how god is building up and, and zima kept saying to the to the pastor that you know god's given you a building so that so that people have somewhere to go to it's kind of, so people have a, ho a house to go to when you know when they're searching for god and because when you look at their church right now you can even say it doesn't make sense to have a building that big you know, it, does, it doesn't make sense because their church is so small. And I remember when we came there to the Sunday service, there's like three chairs on each side. And they're really spread apart to make it, you know, look like it's taking up all the space. So it's, it's not a very big church, but, you know, it has a big building. And when we had the conferences there in the evening, it was a lot more full than it was for Sunday morning. And, and, and I believe as, you know, as we keep coming there back in the future, it'll be more and more full. So... It was uh, amazing to see that. Um, I, my favorite part of the trip was was just seeing seeing 
you know, all the, all the people that we talk to, seeing their progress, you know, how and, and, and their walk with God, seeing even their 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 struggles and, and how maybe, you know, they used to be more immature and, and laughing all the time and kind of seeing how 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 God is is slowly maturing them through 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 difficult things that they have to go through or, or you know through through their jobs or, or whatever and you know they used to have a sure plan that you know I'm going to go to school and study and and do this and then now that that they've studied they're even beginning to question whether you know they should keep working where they're working you know and in the past thinking that you know this is for sure where God's leading me in and so it's 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 awesome to see how how even when we leave God continues to work with them even when we when we're here right now you know they're not forgotten there they're still going down that that path that that God's preparing for them and you know they're working and 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 God's you know chiseling them and and, and making them slowly become what he wants them to be so that he can use them for 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 his glory and uh one thing i want to mention is is when angelica was sharing how you know how 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 she had a desire to go and then God started doing miracles if if she would have never made that decision to go, she would have never seen miracles in her life. So I just want to encourage all of you, either if, if it's just some desire, you're like, oh, it's hard with, the, with my job, it's hard with this. If you never make that step, if you never give God an opportunity to do a miracle, you won't ever see a miracle. You will not see a miracle. You will not see God you just begin to you know, part the Red Sea in front of you as, as you're walking through it. Unless you take that step and, and unless you make that decision. And then you'll start seeing God do miraculous things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, perfect time for me to share what I was going to share. Uh, I was actually praying on this trip that I would see a miracle. That's what I asked. Uh, is this iPad glued here? Okay. It's not centered. Sorry. Uh, I was praying to God. I was saying, I want to see a real, genuine miracle. Like, I want to see somebody's limb grow back. I want to see somebody that was, you know, I want to see some Nathan Morris type of stuff, you know, like 20 years wheelchair and all of a sudden some, you know, just, you know. I, and we were praying and fasting before the trip, and that's what I was asking God. I said, God, you know, like, I, I, I we, were, we were, we came together and we said, what do we want to see off this, from this trip? And we said, you know, we've talked about everything we had. We, we gave it to them. We want to see God's power. We want to see God move on this trip. That's, what we, that's our heading. That's our main focus is just to see God move. And so in my heart, I started praying for that. And uh, God said, okay, great. That's awesome. Well, if you want to see a miracle or a sick person be healed, then you've got to actually pray for sick people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we had a... We had a uh, uh, on Sunday. I uh, I was uh, got to preach at a church, and at the service, I I made a specific altar call for sick people to come forward, and I told them I'm going to apply my faith and what God's put in my heart, and I want to pray for the sick people to to be healed. And uh, we prayed, and everybody ended up coming out, and it was an awesome prayer. And uh, in the end of it, I didn't get to see anything. Amazing. And I was like, okay, that's great. Um, but uh, something did happen in the hearts, and the pastor really opened up, and he decided to bring his youth and his uh, girls to the conference. And during the conference, I think it was Wednesday night, Tuesday night he came. And uh, we had a, 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 a prayer at the, uh, or everybody's, everybody's 
service is coming to an end or praying, and uh, everybody's at the altar, and I just feel like, man, I honestly, I just want to see God move. I'm not even going to come out and start praying for somebody. I'm, I'm just going to stand in the back and just pray for this mass of people. And Dima catches me, and he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to just stand back here and pray for people. He's like, get up here. We're here to pray for people. Like, what is wrong with you? And, and I'm like, just give me a minute. Like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I just don't want to go pray for people. And I, uh, I, uh, I said, okay, I'm going to go. So I come up forward, and I'm standing with the people, you know, from behind. And, and I don't even know who to, who to pray for. So I started praying for one person just because I had to pray for somebody. And, uh, and the, uh, the pastor is there next to me, the pastor from the church on Sunday, um, Juan. Uh, and uh, he is uh, looked like he was praying for people too, and I'm like, okay, cool, awesome. He's with us, and and uh, God says pray for him, and I'm like, he's a pastor. Like I've had experiences where I prayed for pastors, and I'm like, man, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> like uh, one time in L.A., right? <laughs> and uh, but uh, uh, I said, okay, I'm going to pray for him. And I kind of like you know nudged over next to him, kind of stood there for a while, and kind of just like. Okay, okay, God, thank you for this pastor. I pray breakthrough in his life. And he, like, takes my hand. He's like, no, pray for my back. Pray for my back. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We're praying for your back. And uh, I just prayed a simple prayer for his back. And that was that. And then uh, Wednesday night, uh, we're going to bed. And he's like, it's knocking on our door. She's, like, breaking down the door. He's like, hey, Andre, guess what? The pastor just texted me. He's healed. He said, thank you for praying. His back is healed. This is awesome. And I'm like, okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, man, uh, awesome. <laughs> and, and through my rational mind, I'm going, man, maybe he just had an emotional like flurry of things and he felt better for a little bit of time. Is it real? Is it not? And, and in it all, I'm going, okay, you know what? God is moving. Why can't I just glorify God? And if it's not real, oh, well, I... It's not real. But if it's real, let God get the glory and, and, and let's keep moving forward. And, um, and uh, so I'm sharing today to say, you know what? That was a highlight of this trip is that God is moving. Not only did you know, Noah keeps saying, we always break down on the way home because uh, God wants us to be there on time to minister. And then, and then you know, to keep us, uh, keep us focused and humble, he... he <laughs> He go, we go through the gauntlet of, of troubles. But uh, uh, we had batteries fall out of the van twice. We had, uh, we had uh, I honestly thought it was all my fault because, I don't know, I was like, uh, hit a curb and a speed bump again. And, you <laughs> know, we always pack on weight when we're going back. And I was like, man, this is all my fault. <laughs> this, is, this is me, man. The wheels are falling off the bus. Why did they take me? You know, I'm Jonah. Get me. Throw me off the bus already. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> ah, yes, thank you. I only sat once on that side. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, uh, God was so good, and and something honestly is happening. And and I would say, aside with Ramil, in Bothell, in Mexico, something's breaking. Like uh, uh, with all this Hollywood uh, scandals coming out, and it's like it's like America is getting to a point where they're getting sick and tired of being sick and tired of all the garbage that nobody wants to talk about, and it's just like 
bursting at the seams. And, and you're in a place where you know God, you know the truth. And uh, God is going to call on you to minister in a big way. Uh, if not Mexico, then so many other venues. So keep praying, keep your hearts open, hear God. Amen. Praise God. I will also share as as part of the word. Uh, I will share my kind of what I have for Mexico. But before we do that, let's let's close our eyes and just. I want every single one of us to seek God, to cry out to Him right now, and to you know, in desire, with desire, to hear from Him. You're only going to hear if you want to hear. If if you come and you're full and your thoughts are somewhere else and you're not seeking God, you're not going to get anything. But I, I just want to encourage everyone to seek God right now, to ask Him right now to, to speak to you. And God, we together come before you, God. We ask you, change us, God, so that we live, we leave this place different than we came here. So that we learn more about you, so that we see another side of you, God, so that we see you doing something in our lives, in our hearts, in, our, in, in where we are, God. Please change us, Lord. Please change every single one of us. Touch us, God. Honor us with your presence. We so need you. We so need you, God. We're so lost without you. And we're asking you to come again like you do every single time. And God, you don't have to come. We know you don't have to come. There is nothing that you, you want to get, for, get from us, but... But you're coming because you want to come. You're coming because you want to give something to us. Because you want to feed us. Because you do want to take care of us. And we're so thankful, God. We're forever thankful for that. And very glad that you are our Father. You are our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord. God, we're expecting right now. We're hungry to receive from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I'm going to share you know, very something very short, but... I do want to challenge ourselves. You know, there is oftentimes that we just walk around life and and we don't even we don't even know where we're going. I'll admit, um, I'll admit there were there were times when I, I was I would be driving somewhere and and my wife would be like, "Do you know where you're going?" And then I was like, that hit me, that hits me like I was, yeah, actually, I was not thinking where I was going. Like, I was driving somewhere. Um, and she, you know, she, she would catch me a few times, like, going the wrong way or just, be, you know, and I would be going. She, she goes, you look like you know you're where you're going. <laughs> but, but, but I was not thinking. And sometimes that happens to us in life as well is we, we, just, we just go either where everyone goes or... Where the road takes us, you know, there's that, that, that saying, you know, wherever the road takes us. Or in Russian, uh, you know, it's like, it sounds silly. It sounds funny. The road is really, it shouldn't be taking you anywhere. It should be used by you to get where you want to go. But, but often we are not, you know, we're, not, we're just going, trying to get something. And, and in that question of getting something... I think the big question, the overall question, is, you know, what is enough for us? What, what, enough of what do we want to get? Do we want to get, and I see that a lot more right now, but do we want to get 
you know, education, which is not bad by itself. Do we want to get a great job or money or a car or house, you know, or a wife, a husband? Um, do we want to achieve something? But what's really enough? What really is satisfying? That, that's the question. You know, you can, um, like even when, you, when it comes to food, I can, like, I, you, I don't know if you know or not, but I can eat a lot of sweets. Like, I can eat a lot of sweets pretty easily. But that will not make me full. Like, I'm going to be hungry 30 minutes later. What I really need is, you know, some good meat, something that, you know, something that's, that's nutritious. And it, when it comes to, to our lives, it's exactly the same way. We are sometimes shoving ourselves with, you know, quick fixes and, you know, we want to get, you know, maybe something from our job or, or a car or some plan or something that we think will fill us. But it only, you know, gives us a very short-lived uh, solution, very short-lived satisfaction. And my question is, what, what is really going to fill us up? What really, what fills you up? That's, that's what I want you to, to ask yourself. What will fill you up? And if we read in Mark 12, uh, verses 28 through 31, a scribe came up to Jesus and he goes, then one of the scribes, then one of the scribes came and having heard, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, ask him, ask Jesus, what is the first commandment of all? There are many commandments. He wants to know what is the most important one. What is the, the one that, that heads them all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second one, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Why is Jesus say, saying, you shall love the Lord your God? And then he goes with your, all your soul, heart, mind, and your strength. Because Jesus wanted to give us an answer. He wanted to recommend us doing something. It's, you, don't, you don't have to. It's not a must. But if you want, if you want to live a life that Jesus lived, that's what you have to do. You have to love the Lord your God and the people around you as well. And the question for me is, if you, if you are like true to yourself and you, you just lock yourself in, in, you know, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, if you give a second to this question and you think about these two commandments, are those two enough for you? Think about it. Is that enough for you? If that's what you have, if you never have a great career, if you don't have a lot of money, if you don't, you know, if you are not, if you don't become very popular in, you know, some way or another, if you're just average, if you're just standard, but you can get these two commandments done right, is that enough for you? Would that, would that make you happy? Would that satisfy you to be able to love God like this and to love those around you and to serve them? Would that be enough for you or not? I think that I think all of us are guilty for looking for looking for satisfaction somewhere else, you know, for cre even creating our own commandments, for even creating our own desires and plans and try and thinking, you know, we often think, 
oh, I'm going to get to this, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do that, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to achieve something in my life. I'm going to be happy. But I don't think that, that that will ever, ever, ever satisfy us. Jesus has what we need. You know, there is a difference. There is a difference between what we want and what we need. The, the need was put into us by God. The, the wants and desires are often coming from ourselves. And I'll even say this. Very often our wants are taking us away from fulfilling our needs. So often we go for what we want, but that gets in the way of getting us what we need. And while needs are, it doesn't sound very exciting, oh, like I'm only going to get what I need. But I'll tell you this, when you don't get what you want, it's a lot easier to get over than when you don't get what you need. Because when you need it, you really need it. If you know, if you want an iPad or an iPhone or you want some new clothes or something else, you know, you don't get it, you'll get over it. But if you are hungry for days, weeks, and you want food, it's a lot more enjoyable to get food when you need food than to get some clothes or some device when you want it. It's a big it's it's a really huge difference. When you're cold, you know, when you're hot and you want some cold drink, that's one thing. But when you're really, really cold, and you get warm jacket, that's a different story. When you get what you need, it's a, it's a bigger blessing. And, and Jesus does have what we need. If we read in John 7, um, verses 37 through 38, it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, and when I think about this, I, I, I think it's a moment where he really cried out from his heart, from what was inside of him. Maybe he stretched out his hands and he just cried to people. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If anyone thirsts, he started, <laughs> he started such a great statement saying, if anyone thirsts, like if somebody was not thirsting. And that's actually, that is what's happening right now. You know, we can come here, we can be coming to Sundays, we can be going, we can even be going to mission trips and not being thirsty for God. We can, we can just be fed up. You know, when you are fed up, no matter how much good food they set in front of you, you're not going to want it. You're not going to eat it. You're not going to desire that. that it's not going to drive you for that. If you're not thirsty, you don't want water. You know, try to drink, you know, like half a gallon of water, and then somebody offers you water, you don't want it. You, you know, you're done. But Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, then you can let him come to me and drink. And then he says the same, then he says the same, kind of in a different way. He kind of puts it further. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I'll, I'll say this. I know I see more and more people just enjoying living the good life. You know, enjoying living in this world and getting the pleasures of this world. And I'll say this. That will take you to a certain point. That will, you know, devil, he's never, he's never going to give you good that will be finally good. That will be good in the very end. 
he's only ready to give you as much good as it takes to lead you away into his evil ways. You believe that? I believe that and I have seen that. He will never be fine with you sitting, you know, to like to stage one or I'm, you know, I'm only going to do this little bit of sin. I'm not going to do much. Sin will always, always, always take you further than you want to go. Living a life that's not fully dedicated to God is not going to do. It's, it's, you just can't, you know, sweet and salty, that's only good in granola bars. It's, it's not good in life. Like, you can't have good and evil in your life. You, it just does not mix. And you know what? I'll say this. You know, you have heard that saying in Russian, but when you, when you take, you can take a bucket of honey and you put a little bit of poop into that, right? Just imagine. You want to you have some honey? Just a little bit of poop in there. But, but it's honey, you know, it's a bucket of honey. It doesn't work. Like nobody, you reject the whole thing. And trust me, our God, our God who sees through, he's not going to take anything with a little bit of, of mix-up of something that's not holy. If it's, it's either the whole thing, he either takes the whole thing, and even if there is some, some dross, he's going to remove that. But he's not going to, he's not, not going to accept, you know, um, your, your robes, you know, or when you come, your heart, you know, it's a little bit clean, you know, mostly clean, but a little bit dirty. He's not going to take that. It's, he's not going to pour out on that. He's, that's not somebody who's thirsty. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight thirty, 30, it says, come to me, all you who labor. So if you, if you have a job and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I cannot tell you how much more of this I see. I see so many, so many people burdened up by, by, by this world, by the standards of this world that are not even standards. They're just things to bring people to bring people to, to a feeling of emptiness or, you know, it's like carrot, carrot dangling. You know, just put a carrot in front of you and you run and run and run as that dog and you can never, ever get to it. You just run for it forever. And the, 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 the faster you run, the faster it, you know, it's, it gets getting away from you. And it just, you never get it. And I'll tell you this, while I am older than some of you or most of you, I'm not, I'm not old, you know, I'm, this is not like old school, you know, we're talking on the bus to Mexico, somebody said, you know, after 25, you're starting to die, so I was like, okay, I'm dying for six and a half years, great, such encouraging message on the way to Mexico, thank you, I can't remember who, who's, oh, that was, that, that must have been one of the people under 20, I uh, guess who, um, maybe even under 18, but any, under 17, uh, anyway, so I don't want to point fingers, but um, it's like, you know, I get it. You know, I've been dying a few more years more than you were. Maybe you haven't started your journey on, to death, you know. Um, uh, lucky you. You're going to be there in a few years. But I'll say this. I, I have seen things that don't satisfy. I have seen things that do satisfy. I have seen, I have seen great and I have seen not so great. I have seen health and, and sickness. I have seen a lot of money and I have seen, you know, nothing but debt. And, you know, you're upside down. You're going, it's not good. Just not good. I have seen happy and sad. And I'll say this. 
if there is God, then, then it doesn't matter really. Money or not money, you know, a lot of money won't make a difference. Not enough money won't make a difference. But it's like, how much God do you have in you? And I, guys, everyone, pay attention, please. It, it's not a lot. It's not a long time that I, I only talked for 30 minutes. Expand your attention span. That's your challenge for right now. Just try to focus it like this and, you know, close your eyes if you need to, like horses do, and just focus on me, okay? Listen. But I just want to see everyone. I just want to see everyone really enjoy life. Really enjoy life. When we went to Mexico, and, you know, I never bring myself as a good example. Uh, I don't like to bring myself up as a good example, but... This time I, wanna, I want to say something that I think is for us. And when we went to Mexico this time, if you, I don't know if you remember, but I have said that, mentioned that a few times, that I've got bitten like in 2014 in November. Uh, there were wild flying wolves, you know, some beasts that, um, that you can read sometimes about Revelation. I wonder if, you know, that's <laughs> that just like in a mini form. But it was like... It was horrible. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit. Now it's funny, but I got close to 200 bites on my legs and, you know, maybe another 30, 40 on the rest of my body. And they would not, those things would not heal up. The only time they would stop, you know, being itchy, if, if I would scrape them to, you know, so much that I would, like, scrape off a few layers of skin and there would be, like, one big sore. And I was waking up at night and then it's itching and then it starts hurting then you feel like you know you have like my skin starts swelling up and just not healing up uh, for a long time then I started getting that I, I don't know if it was infection or what then I started getting shortness of breath and then a whole lot of other things started happening to my health and and I was like that's the reward of an evangelist you know like of a missionary uh, and I had questions I, I, I will be honest with you, I had questions. I was, first I was like, God, where did I sin? And I prayed and fasted, didn't hear anything. Then I, then I, then I started claiming different scriptures over myself. Healing didn't, didn't come. Every time I would pray to God, I would feel him, and I would know that he loves me, and he's fine with me, and everything's good in my relationship with him. But I was like, what is this? Like, what are these things on my legs? You know, like I went to a doctor. He goes, he goes. I've never made so many shots uh, in one sitting. He did like hundred and hundred and eight shots in one in one sitting on my legs, and that was supposed to help. But apparently, that was too much for my legs, and it just you know made the reaction even worse. So, and I was dealing with this for a while. The hardest thing for me was to go to the next mission trip. Because I was afraid of, of those dogs <laughs> so bad. So, so bad. But I had a brother. I had Alex. Uh, you know, they actually liked him as well. So, so I remember once we were, like, standing, and I see, like, his legs are getting red. And I was like, ooh, I need to get away from this spot. That's where they are. <laughs> so that's how I figured out which bushes they hide in. Uh, but, you know, I felt bad for you, but I felt good for myself. Just <laughs> so thank you. Uh, but I still got quite a few few bites that time, and it triggered the whole reaction. And then everything that almost healed up, uh, you know, re reinflated and you know, got reinflamed again. And 
And then the doctor goes, you know, Marina and I went to the doctor and she goes, she was like, she's like to my doctor, she goes, Dr. Bunis, we need to find a way to help him. Like, <laughs> she, she was very serious with him, so he immediately pulled out, like, the most powerful drug he had, and he goes, I'll prescribe this to you. I was like, okay, let's take this, whatever, you know. So, so I take that, and then, you know, my, um, my, my bites and everything healed up. Then other things started happening, and, you know, I don't want to go into too many details, but it was a pretty rough few Mexico mission trips from that point forward. Um, three or four that were like horrible, horrible, horrible. I'll tell you this. I go there and I'm feeling like, you know, I'm just meat for somebody. And I'm like, where, where is God? Why does my God not protect me? Uh, you know, thoughts like that were coming into my mind. But I was like, I was like, if I go and I get another hundred bites, but I know that God wants me there. I am going to go. And I'm not so great, but I'll just tell you, I so wanted God. I just wanted him. I wanted him more than my healthy legs. I wanted him more than, than anything else going away. I just wanted God. And, and I'm not sharing this to make myself great, but I just want you to want God. You know? I want every one of you, I want my kids to want God. I want my wife to, to want God. I want every single one of you to want God because I know that if you won't, then desires of this world, they will pollute your mind. They will pollute your, your feelings, your soul. You'll come to a point, you will, you will end up bankrupt. You will end up empty. I, I, I guarantee you that, that you will end up empty. Money will never satisfy you. I can guarantee I I... Guys, I had lots of money, and I had very little money. And honestly, now I don't, don't really care. I really don't care. And, you know, there's... I don't want to share. Like, my wife knows this. I turned down jobs like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not kidding. I got one job offer, and I'm... I'm I, you know, I didn't share this. I don't like to share this, but it was... Over four hundred thousand dollars, and I rejected that because I would have to travel a lot, like maybe twenty five percent. And I was like, I knew that was going to take me away from God. And and I have seen at the same time some of our friends, some of our colleagues get in, get get offers and get opportunities that they had never would never ever imagined before. That's like out of this world. And they did take it, and I said everything will be fine, you know. It's, it's, and and they're gone. They're, now they are gone. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with money. The money itself is not a problem. But there is something where you, where you want something else that's over God that, that's going to lead you the wrong way. It's just going to take you. It's just going to take you to a place of emptiness, to a place of, you know, did you ever feel you know, lost hope, like when you don't have hope. Before, I, I left, you know, I left, I quit, kind of turned away from God. I did backslide for a few years. And I remember that moment of hopelessness. I had everything I wanted to have. I was hopeless. I heard, I knew that what devil would, would say about me, I would hear that in my heart. I would hear that in my mind, in my soul. I did not want to sleep at nights. I did not have peaceful nights. And now, you know, 
maybe not everything's perfect, but, but you know, in the worst situations, I know I can grab on to God. I know even when I, even when I make mistakes, when I'm sincere, I know He will pull me out. You know, He will. He will be the one who will be my strong help, who will take me by the hand and who will bring me to, to a solid place. You know, even when there's a storm around me, I'm going to stand on our rock. I am not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be able to be brought down. You know, you won't bring me down, not because I'm so great, but just because God loves me. God is backing me up. I know that. I know that. And I, and something that's very exciting, I want to say this mission trip, I did get bitten again. I got, I got multiple bites. And one of the times was when... Um, we were sitting, we split up girls and guys, and I'm sitting, and, and Dennis and Dima were sharing before me, and then it was my turn. I was supposed to, I was supposed to talk about sexual purity, and I'm getting my thoughts together. I'm thinking, how do, what's the right way to do it? God, fill my heart with the right thoughts, with the right feeling, with the right with love for those people, for those kids, so that I can tell them something. And um, when they were talking, something got under my T-shirt, and that thing was biting me and biting me like <laughs> really bad. I don't know if you guys saw me scratching or what, but I was like, I was like, mm, is it here? Like I was trying to squish it so that it would stop. So it did a journey on my, you know, like on this part of my body. And there was about, I don't know, I didn't count them, but probably 20, 25 just there. And then throughout the days here and there. But you know what? I'll say this. This time I didn't have a reaction. And, and I know for sure, 100% that it was God. Like, I knew that it was, it was God. And, and uh, you know what? I'll tell you this. It's not, I'm not happy because I didn't have a reaction. Like, before, the first time when I got bitten, I would probably, I would do anything, you know, to get the reaction, out, reaction off. And I would be like, yes. But now I was happy because God did it. You know, because God did that. Because I didn't have a reaction. Because I was still going. I would still go if I would have a reaction. If I would have those bites. If I would have to go through that, through that. You know, what was a nightmare? I remember those nights and days in a row when you are just worn out by those bites. When you're worn out by the reactions every single day, nonstop, just for going for a week. But I would still go. But this time, it was so awesome. And I saw God. You know, I, I, I did not see my, my skin okay, but I saw God. And, and then when, you know, when the, uh, when the wheel almost flew off the bus, I saw God. You know, I saw God holding that, that wheel together. I, I saw God. And then when God was coming at the services, I saw God. I saw God. I can say I saw God, you know. And to me, that's the biggest treasure my wife has seen me go through different things after we came back from Mexico and going, going back to work. And I'll say this. I have an awesome boss. Like, he loves me. He thinks very highly of me. I have great people that I work with, uh, an awesome job and everything. But that's not the point. It's not like I don't like my job or anything. But it was so hard for me to go back to work. I was like, God, if I could, if you would... If you would take me and my family, I'd go somewhere. Like, I would so love to continue. If you think that I can continue this way, I would so love to continue this. 
and not continue that for <laughs> for some success or something, you know, for something great, but just continue to see him. I so want that. I so want that. And even if that means, you know, two years of bites or three years of bites, and then you see God in the end, that's a price worth paying. <laughs> that's a price worth paying. You know, it's it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And I just want to say that, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that college will ever give you that. And I'm not saying quit it. I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't go get jobs. I'm not saying don't go work hard. Not, not, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, you know, like, have you, have you ever l- written a love letter to God? I know some people will say, like, especially boys will probably say, ooh, you know, what's this? Like, but it's like, have you written a love letter to God? I am serious. I'm not, that's not making you a baby. That's, what's making you a baby is if you, if you think that that's silly. I have written love letters to God, you know, and I didn't have anywhere to send them. Like, where do you send a love letter to God? Like, you know, uh, postman doesn't know where to take them. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe they will repent. But, but it's like, I wanted to write to him. I wanted to sing to him. Do you have times? It's a good question. Think about it. Do you have times when you just want to just run away from everyone and you want to just, just to be with him? And, and that's all you want. That's just, just, just him. And you don't even care how you look, what everyone thinks and whatever, what's happening around you. You just want him. Do you have that? If you don't, you should. If you don't, ask for that. One person taught me once, he you know, said, you, it's okay to ask God to love, to, to teach you to love him. It's okay. You know, it's, it's totally fine. I'll tell you, it's totally fine. If you want it, ask him. But that will be the best relationship you will ever have in your life. That's a relationship that will never fail you. That's a relationship that will never leave you empty. You're never going to get hurt from that. You're never going to leave. You know, you're never going to be empty. And I'll tell, the, tell you this. Andre said about Hollywood today, right? Look at those stars. Man, they, money, millions, houses like you want to. They live in climates like, you know, like you dream, pools, no, don't have to work, any type of food, you can rest, you can play, whatever you want to do, you have that. But what's, what's, what's wrong? Why are they doing things? Why are they so broken? Why are they so broken? And you know how it tells me that they're broken is that they break lives of people around them. Jesus did not break anyone's life. Everything around him started to blossom. Everything around him blossomed. Think about that. He did not, he was not, he didn't have millions, he wasn't rich, he, did, he, he slept oftentimes outside. And then what did he do? He would run out at night. He would run out to the mountain where God was. <laughs> where God was. Guys, do you wake up at night sometimes? I'm not saying every night, but do you wake up at night where you just like, Oh, you just so want God. You want God. You want to hear Him. You just want to go and you don't care if you don't even get enough sleep. Do you have that? Because if you don't, I, I, I guarantee you, there's somebody in this world. There's a power in this world that's going to come and snatch you away from God. And, and, and I'm just being honest. I, I, you know, I, I want to make it pretty and nice, but He's going to snatch you. I know that. I, you can look look at how 
sexual sin is is blossoming. Look how pornography is just being made okay. It's being totally normal. Look at how homosexuality and sexual and sexuality in general is becoming okay in churches. It's it's coming to churches. But but how are you going to stand protected? How are you going to survive? How are you going to have a life that's whole and that's not broken? And that's only by loving God. And I'll just read one more verse or one more passage and and we'll pray. And I don't know if we can sing that song again if we have enough people. Uh, but if we can sing that last song that we sing, that would be awesome. In Isaiah 41, verse 19, or 17 through 20. Isaiah 41, 17 through 20. It says, The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set the desert, the cypress tree, I will set in the desert the cypress, cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created it. You know, it's... Let's stand up and, let's stand up and close your eyes. Let's turn off the lights too. Think about the wilderness. All these trees are not supposed to grow in wilderness. You know, it's so amazing because you will grow when you're not supposed to grow. All these trees that he listed, they were not supposed to grow in wilderness. God said, I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant all those trees in the wilderness. You know, just keep your eyes closed, but I, don't be afraid of the wilderness, but be afraid to be without God. Because God can turn wilderness into a garden. God will turn the wilderness into a garden. And He will water you. He, will, he won't just water you, but He will turn you into a spring of living water. Where you will never thirst. Where people will come to know Him. And I think that that's what He wants to do in these years. In these years right now, He wants to do that. He, he is raising. I know that God is raising people. That will be those springs of living water. He will. Our land, our country is turning into a wilderness that doesn't see God's glory, that doesn't see the way out. But God wants to plant you in the wilderness. He wants to plant you in the wilderness. He wants to make this wilderness a pool of water. He wants to make it springs of water. He wants to use you. Are you going to be that seed? Am I going to be that seed? That's our choice.
Am I going to develop that love relationship with Him through, through which all this stuff will flow through? Will I do that or will I, or will I cling to my own plans, to my own desires, to what I think is right, to what I think I want? Will I learn to love Him or will I stay dry? When He comes, like those ten virgins, you know, are you going to be among the five that had the oil? Or are you going to be empty? Are you going to be empty? You know, don't be afraid to stay. Don't be afraid to stay behind according to this world. But be afraid to stay behind according to the Spirit. God, God is the one who really measures things. He's the one who really defines. And when moments come in your life, His life is what will sustain you. It's not everything that you thought you need. It's not what you thought you wanted. But it's Him satisfying you. It's Him satisfying you. That's what will stand. God did not say that in Isaiah. He didn't say it for no reason. He said, he said something that didn't make sense. All those trees don't grow, don't grow in the wilderness. Dry land doesn't have springs of water. That's not normal. That's unusual. But that's how our God is. That's what He wants to make your life. He wants to make your life unusual. He wants to make your life where people look and say, that doesn't happen normally. That's not happening normally. That's not usual. Because our God is not usual. And I want that. I want, I want what's not usual. I want what's heavenly, what's godly. I want what's supernatural. Not because it's supernatural, but because I want to see God do it. I want to see God do it. And we'll see it. We just need to love Him. We need to establish, need to build our love relationship with Him. Our love relationship with Him. And that's your time. I can't build it for you. Dima can't build it for you. Pastor can't build it for you. No one can build it for you. But are you going to build your relationship with God today? Or are you going to stand aside? Are you going to be in your thoughts waiting when the service is over? What are you going to do? What will you do? What will you do? Right now is a good time. It's an amazing time to show your love to God to grow in love for God to, to love Him to love Him to love Him to love Him don't be ashamed of that word don't be shy of that word but love Him passionately with desire with everything you have love Him love Him just love Him let that word become normal that's a normal word to love God to love Him with everything you are with all of your thoughts, with your heart, to love Him, to adore Him. God will love you. God will love you. will love you, God. And God will love your presence. God will love your spirit. God will love your laws. God will love your commandments, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for how you love us as well, God. We thank you that you poured out your love on us. Thank you, Lord. And God, we thank you for those moments when you come, Lord. We thank you for those moments when we don't want to stop. God, we thank you for your love. God, we want more of your love. God, we want more of your love. God, we want our actions to be moved by your love, by love towards you, God. 
by your love, God, by you. We want, God, we want to be driven by that. God, we want, we want to be burned up in that, in that love. God, we want to be on fire for you. God, we want to love you, God. Help us, God, help us, help us to love you more, God. Help us, help us to do things out of love for you, God, because when our love grows towards you, God, we don't even need to be talked into going to mission trips. We don't need to be talked into praying for people. We don't need to be talked into fasting. We don't need to be talked into sacrifices. They just become normal, God. They just become normal, God, because you so deserve it, God, because we so love you. And that's, that's when we give to you willingly, God. That's what we do willingly. God, that's what we do because we can't do otherwise. Because it's just consuming us. Because your love is consuming us, God. And we want to be consumed by your love. God, we want to be consumed by your love, God. God, we want to be consumed by you, God. We want to be just dissolved in you, God. Just dissolved in you, God. So that there would be none of us, God. So that we would only see you, God. So we would only see you, Lord. We want that, God. We want that. We want that. We want to see you, God. We want to see you do. We want to see you move. We want to see you love, God. We want to see so much more of you, God. We want to see so much more of you, God. God, we want to see so much more of you, God. And God, as we sing right now, as we're going to sing, God, we sing with our heart. We don't just sing words. We don't just sing words. We don't want any words, God. No words don't do anything, God, but that's our heart. That's our love for you, God. That's how we sing. And you sing for God. Sing to God. Sing your own love song to Him right now. Don't let, don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything hinder you. Sing to God. Sing to God. You, every single one of you, you have to make your own personal choice personal decision to sing to sing for God to sing to Him to open your heart, to pour out your love I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you my heart I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you my heart I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you my heart Cause I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus.
much Lord that it's about you that it's about you God because when everything is about you that's when everything is right when everything about you that's when that's when things are in their place God that's when nobody's broken that's when nobody's hurt that's when everyone is whole and put together and that's when everyone is is truly joyful and happy and satisfied when things are about you Lord God will want things to be about you and God We ask you, Lord, turn us around if necessary. Turn us around if necessary, God. Father, because we want things to be about you, Lord. God, I ask for every single, every single one of us who is desiring you right now. And I know there is many. God, I ask, please direct our lives the way you see them. God, direct our steps the way you see them. Lord, where where we work, where we live, who we talk to, where we spend our time. God, I ask you, Lord, direct us, God, direct us, God. Take our lives, take our lives and make them yours, God. Make them yours, Father, because we want things to be about you. God, we want our life to point at you, God. What we do, we want that to point at you, Lord. We want everything in our life to make sense in the light of you, God. God, we don't want things in our life to stand out, to not make sense in the sense of eternity. God, we want, we want, we want things to be about you. God, we want things to be about you so that when everyone's gone, when it's all said and done, when it's quiet, 
that will run to you because all day will long for you because all week will long for you God will want to be will want to be in the right state God all of us want things to be about you to be about you we want us to be about you we want our families to be about you we want everything we do to be about you God we want it to be about you Lord we want it to be about you God about you Lord about you about you and nobody else but about you Lord about you Father about you God about you about you God so every single little thing in our lives is about you God just like when it was in the temple everything was everything was speaking about you God we want so to be the temple our own temple God we want our temples to be about you we don't want God we don't want anything anything that doesn't glorify you there God we want our temples to point to you to speak about you God we want our lives to speak about you God we want to be we want to be those trees planted in wilderness and I believe God I believe that this youth is going to be like those trees planted in this wilderness that this world is turning into like those trees planted in the wilderness that are going to grow where they were not supposed to grow because God said so because God did that that's when dry land turns into springs of water that's when wilderness becomes a pool of water that's what we want to see God grant our eyes to see that Lord we want to see that God we want to see that with our own eyes God we want to live through that God we don't want it to be someone else's stories we want it to be our stories God we want that to be coming from our heart God we want everyone to hear from us our the stories of our life to be about you God or the stories of our life to be about you God that's what we're asking for and God we're not going to be satisfied we're not going to stop asking until you give us until you give us full measure God until you pour out into our heart till it overflows God we're so wanted God we're so hungry and we're so thirsty we're thirsty God we come because we want to drink we come to you because we're thirsty and we want to drink Lord we are thirsty and we come to you to drink God we want those we want those springs of living water to flow from within us, Lord. God, we know that you said the, the one who comes to you to drink will never be thirsty, God. And we, God, we want that water. We want that water. That's what we want from you, God. We want that. We want that, Lord. We want that, God. We want that, Lord. And God, we thank you, God, for every time for every Friday night, for every Monday night, for all the Tuesdays that you come. God, for Sundays, for Sunday evening. God, we thank you when you come to us at night. 
We thank you when you come to us in the morning. God, maybe when we're busy, you still come to us. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you come to us. God, we would be so done without you. God, I would be done without you. But because, but because you live, but because you live, there is so much more for me. There is so much more for us. God, because of you, because of you, God, it is because of you, because you did it. God, because you did it in our lives. You changed our lives. And God, we say we're forever thankful. Forever thankful, God. We are forever thankful. Forever. God, forever. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. God, there are so many people here that honor you, that love you. And that's that's all because of you, because of what you've done. That's because of your love. God, because of your love. Because of your love. God, we're so thankful. God, God we, we are in love with you, God. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. God, that's biggest, that's the biggest treasure that we can have is to love you, to be loved by you. God, we can't even ask for more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just say, just say to God how you love him. If you if you don't feel that you love God, then ask him to show you what's in your heart. How is your heart? Even if you, even if this is foreign to you, ask God to speak to you. Ask God to touch you in a way you've never, never experienced before. He, He will. I know He will. If you sincerely seek Him out, then He will come to you. He will touch you. And then everything will make sense. Then the Bible will make sense. Then the preachings will make sense. Then everything else that you read in the Bible, that will make sense. You will be realigned because you will be aligned to God's truth, to God's presence, to God's spirit. Ask Him. I know that you can ask Him. Take it as a challenge. Ask God to show, to show you who you are and to show you who He is and to show His love to you. God, we thank you. We thank you for coming, God. Lord, we thank you that that you even brought us together here tonight. Lord, thank you for, for the physical ability to be here, for the eyes to see, for the ears to hear, Lord, for our legs and our arms, God, that we're here. We're very, very thankful, Lord. We thank you for the ability to gather around your word, to gather around you, Lord, and, and for and you being the reason, God. We thank you, Lord. And God, we love you. God, we really do love you. And God, we thank you for everything you've done and for everything you will keep doing. We're very thankful that we are forever thankful. And God, we love you. And I want to tell you again that we are yours. That we are yours. 
you're God's, then tell him, I am yours, God. I am yours. I am yours, and, and I only want to be yours. Only yours, forever yours, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you.